What's up, everybody? It's Power Rankings Podcast, a.k.a. The Power Rankings Show. I am your host, Elliot Harrison, and uh, doing a interesting podcast today with my usual cohort, although we've been a little bit on an off-season schedule. Of course, I'm speaking of the very well-known, the tan, probably smells wonderful as he's a big lotion wearer, apparently. That's at Marcus underscore Mosher. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. That's one of the best intros you've given me so far, so I, I appreciate that. Well, I have a little more energy today. I've been dealing with plumbing problems. It's been a litany of uh, errors today in my day, but also I had a venti mocha frappuccino with mm. almond milk and whipped cream. Um, not that I'm a fancy coffee guy. So I, have a yeah, bit I, had about th- I had about three cups of uh, just straight black coffee. Just no yeah. fuss. Just it's great. Yeah. Do you have a theory about coffee? Like, is it part of your something doesn't matter family? You know how no. you have a family of things don't yeah, matter? No, coffee absolutely matters. I don't know how I yeah. can get through my day. It's like having a really good left tackle. It just it helps just to have everything else uh, work to perfection if you have a good one. Well, you know, I've got a little notepad right here with with uh, notes. And um, I was literally trying to make last minute decisions on Joe Burrow and Russell Wilson, because what we're doing today is ranking the quarterbacks. And the reason we're doing this, a couple of reasons. Number one, there's nothing going on in the NFL. Let's be honest. But we haven't done this yet. Uh, One of our very earliest podcasts, because I know some of you guys have been with us literally from the beginning and a long, long time ago, Marcus and I spent like three times way too long uh, discussing Derek Carr versus Dak Prescott. (laughs) And we basically ruined one of our own podcasts doing that. But um, point being is that we've talked a lot about quarterbacks and, and what you value. For example, is it worth paying the 10th best quarterback in the league, a lot of money. And uh, every time I go on Michael Fabiano's show on Sirius or Marcus and I talk about the Cowboys, they tell me that I hate Dak Prescott. So I went through this. I ranked quarterbacks with some of my friends in the industry, and I found that I actually ranked Dak higher than they did. Mm -hmm. Now, Marcus and I, I think, are going to be in lockstep on that, but I haven't seen Marcus's list. So Marcus ranked uh, the 32 quarterbacks, he does these Excel grids late at night. Uh, if you want to know the best 32 punt returner since 2005, I guarantee you he has a grid somewhere on it. And yep. so we're going to do that exercise today because this is really the time of the year to do this, wouldn't you think? Yeah, and we should we should talk a little bit about kind of the parameters of how we're doing this and kind of the theory behind it. So first of all, we're doing the starting quarterbacks, not the guys that are currently – you know, on the bench or could potentially yeah. end up being starters. But full disclosure, I just went to our lads, looked at the 32 starting quarterbacks and ranked them that way. So you won't see Kenny Pickett on this list. Yeah. You won't see a Mason Rudolph. You're not going to see your guy, Ian Book, on this list. It's just hey, the now. 32 starting quarterbacks entering the season. And that's the other point of this. It's just for the 2022 season, right? Because if we are talking about, hey, who would you rather have going forward? There's there aren't going to be 16 quarterbacks that I'd rather have than Trevor Lawrence. But for just this season, there is. Um, so I think that's important. You know, in honor of Trevor Lawrence, maybe I should just like. Yeah, there uh, you go. I like it. Let, it, <laughs> let, it, let it flow. Yeah. Um, no, I think that's cool. It's really hard, I think, to to discuss um, or not to, to discuss, but to factor in what a guy's upside is. Correct. Because it's a it's a um, kind of a nebulous territory that doesn't have hard data, uh, you know, 
uh, anchored to it. What I would say is that Marcus and I have talked about a lot, both offline and on our podcast. So the, the, again, those of you who listen to us uh, every week, and we appreciate you guys a lot, um, y'all know that we have discussed what makes financials. We, we love to talk team building. Mm-hmm. And the quarterback ranking fills into team building because there has got to be a line somewhere where you say, you know, it's just not worth it to pay the nth ranked quarterback in the league top dollar. But where is that? Is it, do you, should only the top eight quarterbacks in the league be paid big money? Should it be the top 12? Um, That's a tough one. Do you want to go 10 and seven every year? Or do you want to have a legitimate chance of winning the Super Bowl? And uh, Marcus, I know to one of your points before we get into it uh, here with your list is sometimes the groupings, the clusters can be really close together. So I think last year was a great point uh, example of that don't you that maybe some people thought ah Matt Stafford you you might go nine and eight with him but you're never going to win the Super Bowl and that proved not to be true. Yeah, I think the tiers are more important, and we'll kind of go through this as we go through the rankings. But <clears throat> I kind of think in today's NFL, there's a uh, in this in the National Football League, Elliot. Oh, there, here we go. You can kind of slide up between quarterback five and quarterback ten, and there's just not that big of a difference, and it's a little bit based on preference or how the offense is functioning that week. So, don't basically what we're saying is don't take these rankings super seriously. They're going to change as the season goes along. Yeah, and um, I, I guess the last thing for me before we get into your list here is um, w- what is the biggest part of the pie chart, right, when you're ranking a guy? Is it leadership? Is it past performance? Is it what you think they're going to be this year? Is it their upside? When I look, when I made my mental list here, I because uh, I don't do spreadsheets, just for the, for the record, um, I tried to think of – upside but upside only in the context of do they have enough upside that if we played a game tomorrow we'd start to see it yes yes so and that's kind of the way i i envisioned this as well plus i'm thinking about when we get to november and it's november 12th which quarterback would i'd rather not play i think that's a big part of this too i think you know which which uh, guys the scariest uh, i think that certainly impacts it as well you know, um, Trevor Lawrence, I think, is the shining example here. Mm-hmm. We've seen one year of him. He had a run, uh, I want to say around October, Marcus, where he had three really good starts. Um, and he played well the last game of the season. But in between, there was a lot of rough spots. But I would not be shocked if Trevor Lawrence came out and had a great week one. So when I he's he's the kind of guy where, yes, I think most of what he is at this point is upside but we have already seen some glimpses of what he can do. And he was working with a major anchor last year. Uh, He was trying to win in spite of the coaching, which is never going to say Lucas Chanel, but I guess Urban Meyer is a good anchor as well. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So let's get into your first kind of batch. We're starting, we're going to go 32 to one again. This is Marcus's list. I'm just going to uh, contrast and compare. So basically uh, you're just going to criticize and tear down my list, which is fine. I I do this all season long to your pretty much, but I'm just looking at your ranking. We're almost in lockstep the first several guys yeah let's start at 32 it's geno smith who i think will win that seattle job um i I think he deserves it i think he he wasn't terrible last year when he played still quarterback situation seattle's not great uh 31 sam darnold 
this is it for Sam Darnold as a starting quarterback in the NFL. He's got to prove it this year. He's running out of chances. 30, your guy Marcus Mariota. Uh, we haven't seen him play an extended amount of time for several years now. He got benched for Ryan Tannehill in 2019 because he didn't play particularly well. Still, I think he's a starting level NFL quarterback. And then at 29, Daniel Jones for the Giants. Much like Sam Darnold, this is probably his last shot. Yeah, so this one was tough for me. Uh, you know, the 28-29 turn here, uh, this is where I have Davis Mills. Uh, and You have Davis Mills higher. We're going to get to him in just a mm -hmm. second. The thing with Daniel Jones is I've seen a lot more of Daniel Jones than I have Davis Mills. And for me, it's unfair to put Mills ahead of him because I think Jones has been let down a little bit. And I have seen Daniel Jones play well. Uh, at games times. and moments, right? Yeah, but I'm the first four I have no problem with. The only real difference I had with you, because I have the first three the same as you do, or excuse me, the final three the same as you do. I just have uh, Drew Locke there. <laughs> it would... I think Gino deserves a shot at being a week one starter because mm -hmm. he's been there. He knows the system and there were games last year. Where he didn't look awful, but I could easily see Drew Locke starting as well. That's, that's always a great ringing endorsement. You know, there's games I saw where he didn't look awful, but that's the problem is, is Gino is really a high end backup quarterback in the NFL. And now he's thrust into a starting job on a not very good roster. It's just a tough spot to be in. Easy with the language. All right, so let's. Uh, I'm fascinated by one of the guys on this next uh, group of four because I have him much higher than you do. Go mm -hmm. ahead. Uh, so at 28, Carson Wentz. Now, I, I know a lot of people are pointing to the touchdown to interception ratio last year 27 touchdowns, seven interceptions. But if you watched Wentz the final five, six games of the season, you could see that he was broken, right? Like he just, he cost them a chance at the playoffs. He was awful against the Raiders. He was awful against Jacksonville. Did not play particularly well against Tampa Bay, even though he had big stats. Um, I'm just not a Wentz guy. At 27, Mitchell Trubisky, who I think is going to be the week one starter there. I think he's okay. I think, again, he's a better he's a better backup than starting quarterback. Mm -hmm. 26 is Tua, who I had was one of the more difficult quarterbacks here on the list to rank. I think that offense could be really good. We'll see, though. And then number 25, Davis Mills. I was encouraged by what I saw from Mills last year. I'm, I'm, I like the way he was trending by the end of the season. I'm a big Mills guy. I've told you um, that I thought they had something going there. I think they should do what, what's the point of spending a third round draft pick on a quarterback if you're just going to swing back around and take somebody in the first round? Uh, the next year, I would understand that for the people that wanted the Texans to go after quarterback this year, I would understand that if either a, it was a remarkably deep, talented quarterback draft class, which it wasn't, right. uh, it was a deep class of decent guys, but not a deep class of, uh, blue chippers. Right. Correct. The, the other thing is if your third round pick just looked terrible, then I get it. But Davis Mills looked pretty good. And yeah, certainly not terrible, at least competent, right? And you just want to see, did he make big steps in, in year two? Because if the answer is yes, you're sitting on like a golden ticket, right? A third mm -hmm. round pick on a rookie contract that's playing well. What's better than that? Yeah, um, just a couple other things. We've talked about Trubisky's mobility, maybe being an instant boon. I think you're a little low on Tua here. I have Tua higher than you do. Um but real quick on Davis Mills, do you remember where he went exactly? Do you remember the number? Was he 80? 82, something like 82, that. 82, I want to say 81. 
Yeah. When you when you're talking about the top eighty something players in the country, that's still a pretty good prospect. Yeah. You know, and so uh, it'd be interesting to see what he does. But let's get off this group. Let's go to your your. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, Carson Wentz. I think the perfect analogy, Carson Wentz is Rocky and Rocky Five. That's really what you're talking about yeah. here. Yeah, the, the back end of the season, Rocky was looking bad, um, you know. But Rocky did come back and Rocky Balboa. So maybe when Carson Wentz is 59, uh, he'll be a really good quarterback. Okay, let's go to uh, uh, 24 through 21. Uh, all right, this this next group, this whole tier is f- filled with young quarterbacks. Uh, a couple guys going in their second year, a couple guys going into their third year. But 24, Zach Wilson. Again, we saw moments last year, but he looked overwhelmed for the majority of the season. Jared Goff at 23. Um, again, there were games where he looked fine, but looked overwhelmed because the entire team just wasn't very good. 22, Jalen Hurts led the Eagles to the playoffs last year, but they were a better team when they took the football out of his hands. This is probably his last shot of mm-hmm. being the Eagles you know, franchise-level quarterback. If he can't elevate that team this year, I suspect they're going to look elsewhere in 2023. And then we've got the 49ers at 21. I like Trey Lance as a prospect. I thought he, when he, when he did start, there was a couple plays that got you really excited, but he is probably the biggest unknown on this list right now. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, disagree. So you've got uh, Zach Wilson, the jets. I'm just going to go over these four that Marcus just did here. Uh, Zach Wilson at 24. I have Zach Wilson lower than you do on this list. Yep. So I had him just a couple spots uh, towards the back end of the 20s. Uh, Jared Goff, we're in lockstep. I have Jalen Hurts, who you have at 22 higher than you do. Okay. And I have Jimmy Garoppolo almost at the exact same spot. So we're in the same uh, neighborhood. I'm, I'm really curious about your next four because you've got a couple of guys way higher than I did. Do you think... Real quick on uh, two things here on this grouping of four. Number one, we've seen Goff play very well. Mm-hmm. And Sean McVay gets all the credit for that. I don't know that that's totally fair uh, because, you know, Goff was playing for the Lions last year who were trying to feel their way and didn't really have much offensive weaponry. And then are you too low on Jalen Hurts potentially? Because you got to consider the running aspect. And once that Eagles offense changed what they did, I don't care what you thought of Jalen Hurts, a passer. He was really effective as a runner, and he makes all their other running backs more effective because you have to defend him. Yes, I think his running ability is what puts him here inside the top 24 quarterback. It's just when they got in big games, they couldn't compete. Right, like against the two games against Dallas, they they mm-hmm. weren't competitive because they didn't have a passing game. Against Tampa Bay, I mean that game was over so fast because Hertz just couldn't make even routine throws. So I think Hertz is a starting level quarterback, but anything more than that, if you're asking him to be more than that, I think you get in trouble. All right, let's let's look at your twenty through seventeen. The, the I like the name right off the top of the list, although I have them higher than you do. Okay, yeah, Mac Jones, and I really thought Mac Jones had a nice season last year. The Patriots have the number four offense in the NFL. Uh, I think he's going to be even better this year, despite losing Josh McDaniels, Justin Fields, and this is probably a little bit of a controversial one. Having him at number nineteen, that team right. was so bad last year. I, I mean, the whole roster was awful. 
And yet there were games where I thought he was incredible. He, they played the 49ers and they lost by, I think, a touchdown. He was great in that game. They played the Steelers on a Monday night football game that they should have won if it wasn't for some pretty bogus plays. Uh, he played Green Bay. It played pretty well against Green Bay in that one. So I, I, I just believe he is a franchise-level quarterback that's being brought down by the rest of the roster. And the coaching staff last year, that's now all gone. So um, on this list here, you've got Mac Jones 20. I have Mac Jones at 19. We're almost in lockstep. I've got Justin Fields way lower than you do. I'm a full seven spots lower than you. Trevor Lawrence, you have 18. I have Trevor Lawrence at 24, but it's only because I just feel like I haven't seen enough and I don't know quite what to do with him. And I saw more bad than good last year, Uh, but that doesn't mean I thought he was bad. I just... Uh, yep. he, he's really, really tough to rank. Um, I also want to say really quickly, just yeah. on these quarterbacks, I, I wanted to keep the five rookie quarterbacks last year grouped similarly, right? You see all five of those guys here, Wilson, Lance, Mac Jones, Fields, and Lawrence, all pretty close to each other. They're all in the same tier. I think we'll get a better idea, obviously, after the first two months of the season, how to kind of – split up these guys and rank them but it's, it's just so tough after all of them had pretty poor years except for mac jones i think the most interesting name so far on this entire list uh, as we were, we're through the first half of quarterbacks is number 17 we both have Jameis winston at 17 if i if you said okay who's the one quarterback that's been discussed the least out of all of them, I'd say it's Jameis Winston. Um, yeah, yep. he is a former number one overall pick, and he did not play bad for New Orleans no. at, at all. I, I think that's underselling. I actually thought he played pretty well for New Orleans. They were five and two with him as a starter last year. Mm-hmm. The numbers were really good. They beat some quality teams early in the season. I, I think he's good. I, I I don't think he's an elite quarterback. I don't know if he's somebody you've got to pay 30 or 40 million, but I think he's a very good starting quarterback. This is a guy who's thrown 30 touchdowns, and I know everyone wants to point to, yeah, well, he also threw 30 interceptions. Okay. He played a little bit more within himself, Marcus, last year before he got hurt. I don't remember his exact total giveaways number, but it wasn't that high. Three. Three and seven games last year. Total, including the fumbles lost? Including the fumbles lost. Three and wow. seven games. Yeah, that's you. Let's put it this way: you could take that as a coach for mm-hmm. sure. You're talking about that comes out to about eight giveaways for the season. Every coach in the league would take eight total giveaways. There's quarterbacks that fumble eight times in a season uh, by themselves. So, mm-hmm. um, I like the fact also what's around him. It's going to be a similar culture, I would think, in coaching staff. They promoted their defensive coordinator, Dennis Allen, and on that note. When you have a defense that has some of the players that they do, you're not asking your quarterback to go out there, Marcus, and put 31 points up every week, Correct. which leads to turnovers. And and I know I'm going off on Winston, but I look at him a little bit like a lesser Phillip Rivers in some sure. ways. Yeah, they 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 gave the ball away a lot because they had to, because they had to make plays. Um, it'll be interesting to see what he does. I think it's fascinating that we had him at the exact same spot on this list. So that's the first half. Let's start getting into your your top group of quarterbacks, 16 through 13. What do you have? All right. Now this gets really interesting, right? All right. Let's start at 16 with Matt Ryan. I think he's a big upgrade over Carson Wentz. I know that his arm seemed like it died a little bit last year, but you put him in a better scheme with a better offensive line. 
I just think he's going to make that offense look so much better. At 15 is Ryan Tannehill. Did not have a great season last year. The postseason game was bad. But this is still somebody who has won a ton of games with the Titans. Still a very good starting quarterback. At 14 is Kirk Cousins. Uh, seems like Kirk Cousins kind of lives in that 12 to 14 range. Uh, again, thought he had a pretty decent year last year. Expect him to, to play well again this year. And then at number 13, Derek Carr, who led the Raiders to the playoffs for the first time in several years. Wouldn't be surprised if he leads the NFL in passing yards this year with the addition of Devontae Adams. I think you won't admit this because you're a very prideful man. Uh, that I have swayed you slightly on Derek Carr uh, I think I've moved the needle for you about five to 7%. That's what I'm going to say. You're saying like um, up from 14 to 13. Yeah. Well, you thought he was a B minus quarterback or B quarterback. I'd say a B and I've moved him up to an A minus for you. I think um, maybe a, a strong B plus, you know, from an 84 to an 89, sure. maybe 83 to 88. Of course you kids in Pennsylvania, y'all probably did some weird grading system. I don't know. Yeah. Didn't y'all like add scores to your SATs and stuff? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. We don't want to talk about Pennsylvania schooling here. It's, it's not the best. <laughs> okay. So you and I are really, really close on this. I debated 15 and 16 hard. Ryan Tannehill or Matt Ryan? I ended up flipping them from what you have. I've got Tannehill at 16. I've got Ryan at 15. I think Tannehill outplayed Matt Ryan in 19 and 20. Mm -hmm. I think Matt Ryan outplayed Tannehill last year. Uh, even though the Falcons didn't do well, Ryan Tannehill did not have a good season last year. <clears throat> uh, I've got Kirk Cousins at 14. I do not have uh, Derek Carr at 13. I have Kyler Murray at 13. because well, I have a 12. Yep. Yeah, because I'm a Derek Carr honk. So uh, just a couple things on this. I'm assuming Matt Ryan doesn't hit the wall this year. I assume you're assuming that too, or you wouldn't have him at 16. But he's at that age. He was a 24-year-old rookie, I think. He was older, or, yep. Uh, or turned 24 during his rookie year. He's, he's a little bit older quarterback. We'll, we'll see how that works. I do still believe in Ryan Tannehill. I still think he has good mobility. I think he's still a good leader on that team. Kirk Cousins, to me, is one of the most um, – difficult quarterbacks to predict in this business when he's going to play great or not. I think you've got Derek Carr a little bit too low, but we're going to get into that next because I want you to give your 12 through nine and we could kind of juxtapose them. Yeah. So at number 12 is Kyler Murray. I thought Kyler took a big step last year. I, I thought he was a better passer. I thought he was a better decision maker, but I think people are still a little bit too high on him. Like he's, he got better but he's not an elite, elite quarterback yet. He's not an MVP candidate. Still very good. Number 11, Deshaun Watson. Watson's one of these quarterbacks where as soon as we see him back on the field playing, I think he's going to be up inside the top eight because when he played in 2020, he was really, really good. It's just we haven't seen him in a while, and I wonder how the year off is going to affect his play. At number 10 is Russell Wilson. Still a very good quarterback, but I saw a decline in athleticism last year. The accuracy wasn't quite as good as we saw in previous seasons. Um, so I still, again, I still think he's a good quarterback, but I wonder if we've kind of already seen his peak. And then number, number nine, Dak Prescott. Over the last three years, whenever Dak has been in the lineup, the Cowboys have been the number one team in the NFL at points per game. I think losing some of his rushing ability has hurt him some, but still a very, very good quarterback. Yeah, so you're you're kind of making me rethink how I've got these ranked, but uh, I've got Derek Carr over Kyler Murray, so I've got Carr at 12. 
uh, partially for some of the things that you said. Um, and also, the last time we saw Kyler Murray in the offseason, it, it wasn't a great look, so yep. to speak. Uh, the last time we talked about him in the news cycle. The last time we saw Kyler Murray on the field, it was really not great. He yep. was terrible in the Rams playoff game. Uh, and I forgive all of you if you didn't see it because that game was complete crap. Um, but that's uh, that's how I have the 13-12 spin. I have it backwards from you. At 11, you've got um, Watson. And Deshaun Watson is certainly one of the top five hardest quarterbacks to rank on this list because he hasn't mm-hmm. played. Um, I have Watson at nine, but I'd be willing to put Watson where you have him. Um I've got Russell Wilson higher than you do by a, by a little bit. Uh, Dak Prescott, I have at 11. I'd be inclined to put Watson below him as you've got it here, but I think nine is a little rich for me. I can't put Dak Prescott over Russell Wilson. I just can't. I understand Russell Wilson didn't have a good year last year, but Russell Wilson has so many more skins on the wall mm-hmm. than Dak Prescott. Russell Wilson has done it at the end of games so many times. Da- times Dak Prescott has not. If you go over Dak Prescott's career, how many quality comeback wins can you think of? I can think of two. Philadelphia in 2016, that's his rookie year. That was a Sunday night game. And Detroit in 20, how was that, 18, 19, the home game, let him down the field. He went went sprinting off the field. Would you count Philadelphia, the Amari Cooper game, as a comeback yeah, because they were behind in that. Yeah, and I mean, okay. I count, if you want to count like the rookie season game against Pittsburgh, he had a, he had yeah. one there. Yeah, I mean, he, a ninety yard screen pass to Zeke helped quite okay, a bit. But but, but think fair. of but think of some that's of the fair. other ones he's had. Where I mean, anyways, here's my point about this tier. I think between nine and twelve, you can kind of pick your preference, right? Do you want somebody that's a little bit more athletic than Kyler? Do you want somebody who's more of a playmaker than Watson? Do you want somebody who might struggle for the first three quarters and be great at the end of games in Russell Wilson? Or do you want somebody who can operate a super high efficiency passing offense like Dak? It's more of your preference, but ranking them from nine to 12, I'm not going to argue with you on any of those guys. I think if we go statistically speaking, Dak should be where he is and Kyler should be higher. Um, but it's not just all about stats and unfortunately, I don't know if Kyler's stats are not as good as I think people make him out to be. I mean, he's, they're, they're good, but they're not elite. Like he's yet to have a 4,000 yard passing season in the NFL. He's never thrown more than 26 touchdowns in the NFL, 10 or more interceptions every year. Like he's good. It's just about rushing. The rushing numbers are really good, but he needs them to kind of supplement his very average passing numbers. I just don't know that that Connor uh, would ha- would be as effective as he was, especially in the red zone, without someone like Kyler under center. Fair enough. Um, the odd thing here, if we put Dak higher, and again, you've got Dak at nine, I have him at 11, I'm willing to move him to 10 and put Watson down to 11, is that he's probably the least mobile at this point of this grouping, which is odd to say, but I hope he gets that back because he's too young to sure. kind of not run anymore. Um, we'll see how much of that was injury related and how much of that is want to. It is normal though, everybody for quarterbacks, once they pass over 30 to quit running as much, Dak isn't quite there yet, but okay, let's go to your next, uh, four. And these four are going to be the ones that people get the most bad about, but that's okay. I'm, I'm willing to, to talk about it. So at number eight, Matt Stafford, 
thought he was really good last year. And obviously when you win the Super Bowl and you play pretty well throughout the playoffs, you're going to get a little bumped inside the top eight quarterbacks. Seven, Lamar Jackson. Um, I-, I love Lamar. The Ravens are 37 and 12 when he's a starter. He played really well last year, even before he got hurt. The passing numbers have gone up basically every single year. Now, if we're having a discussion who I'd want to have over the next three or five years, that might be a little different because I do worry about his style of play, but I I think he's an elite, elite quarterback. Number six is Josh Allen, and number five is Justin Herbert. I'm probably the only person in the world, other than Chargers fans, that would put Herbert ahead of Josh Allen. But, Ellie, I want to give you some numbers just really quickly. So this is from 2020 to 2021. So the first two years of Justin Herbert's career – and the last two of Josh Allen's career, their numbers are almost identical. 66.1% completion percentage for Allen, 662 for Herbert. Uh, uh, passing touchdowns per game, 2.2 for Allen, 2.2 for Herbert. Interceptions per game, 0.8 for Herbert, 0.8 for Allen. Yards per attempt, 7.4 for Herbert, 7.3 for Josh Allen. Uh, adjusted yards per attempt, 7.6.2 for Herbert, 7.62 for Allen. I get that the upside is really high for Allen, and I get that the playoffs were so good for Josh Allen, but he had some games last year where he was downright awful. He's just not as consistent as I think people believe he is. Um, and while the upside's incredible, I think I trust Herbert more on a game-by-game basis than I do Josh Allen. Did you get that um, that light blue Chargers parka uh, yet that, that you wanted? Uh, to- uh, no, I've got a nice polo coming in. The nice powder blue, it's going to be great. Yeah, <laughs> cool. Just wondering. Uh, well, let's start here with your first name you mentioned, uh, Matt Stafford, because I think if we had done this last year at this time of year, and we weren't doing this podcast last year at this time of year, but I think Matt Stafford would have been lower than this. He probably um, would have been like somewhere between 10 and 13. Yeah. And I think you, frankly, I think you would have had Stafford below Dak um, mm-hmm. I and, and, and below Russell Wilson. Um I've got Stafford right around the same spot. If I drop Watson back because you influenced me a little bit, I'd still have Matt Stafford at nine. Um, I would have Russell Wilson at eight, and I would have Joe Burrow at seven, and I would have – oh, gosh, this is just so doggone hard. I would have Lamar Jackson at six and Herbert at five. So the differences for you and I are – Basically, that you have Joe Burrow now give away in the top four. I do Fine. not. I have Josh Allen in the top four. Other than that, you and I are almost in lockstep. I'm higher on Russell Wilson. So, again, uh, Marcus has got Stafford eight, Lamar Jackson seven, Josh Allen six, Herbert five. Um, I think you are underrating rushing ability on these quarterbacks. I do, because Josh Allen, the plays he makes with his legs – are just so much more than Justin Herbert. And Justin Herbert had a really nice rookie year uh, running the ball, getting a few touchdowns. The plays Lamar Jackson makes with his legs, and the reason I have Lamar Jackson at six is because we're talking about winning a game week one. I trust Lamar Jackson to be able to win that game in week one. I agree with you if we're talking for the next three years. Yeah, it gets a little – maybe not even – I don't know that I even have him as high as you do at seven. Um, that's a I, tough one. I should say for me, tier or this tier between Lamar to Burrow at four, so seven to four, 
so difficult. And again, it's a lot of preference here. And I think the top three are pretty clear cut, but this really comes down to what do you value in a quarterback? And good. Yeah. I was going to say we have Herbert in the exact same spot at five. Really? We, I mean, there's some slight differences here, but really the main difference between you and I is that you've got Burrow in the top four and I've got Allen and, and, and uh, we disagree on that a little bit. So let's talk about number four, Joe Burrow. Do you think that you're might be overrating on one year or are you super confident on this one? I'm super confident that whenever Burrow is healthy, he's going to be an elite quarterback and probably play like a top five quarterback all the time, just because we saw it in college, right? He had the most dominant college season we've ever seen. And I thought as a rookie, when he was out there, even behind a really bad offensive line, made plays all over the place. And then you saw it this year. Plus, I think there's just something to him. The game's not too big for him. There's no moment that scares him or makes him nervous and it seems like he thrives at the end of games and i there's just something about his nature how cool he is on the field that gets me really excited and i think i i value that over some of these other quarterbacks even though he doesn't have the rushing ability of a lamar or a josh allen or even a herbert so if you go back to our very first podcast we ever did i'm pretty sure in that podcast, I lobbied that the Bengals were a little underrated. I had no idea the Bengals were going to do what they did, though. I just thought, hey, guys, this isn't necessarily a 5-12 and 12 mm-hmm. team. They could be closer to 8-9 and nine or 9-8. Nine and eight. Obviously, they exceeded those expectations, and I thought Joe Burrow was a big reason why. That said, Joe Burrow only played a couple of games in 2020, and then he had a great 2021. Justin Herbert has had two outstanding seasons mm-hmm. Uh, I do think the supporting cast was better for Burrow last year than it was for Herbert. Um, Don't disagree. I I think the difference is is there's just a couple games every season that we've seen from Herbert where he's just awful. I'm thinking about the first Denver game that they played this year. Kind of inexcusable how a quarterback that talented can play that poorly. But at the same time, we saw that from Josh Allen, right? Josh Allen played Jacksonville this year, and I think they scored three points or something like that. It's the only reason that I have those guys behind Burrow. And I think that's fair. And I would say that we saw Burrow play uh, brilliantly at times in the postseason. If you want to hammer Herbert because they didn't make the playoffs, I wouldn't do that. Uh, I don't think that's fair. That's that's not fair. His right tackle went up against – I'm probably the most – dominant defensive performance I saw in a game last year was Max Crosby against Mm -hmm. the Chargers the final week of the season and everyone was so in love with whether or not the teams were going to tie in overtime that I don't know that people were paying attention to the absolute domination that way I don't remember how many pressures Crosby had in that 14 pressures in that game but you go back (laughs) and watch the end of that game and I, I mean now that you know the outcome Mm -hmm. it's incredible how good Justin Herbert was in that game considering his right tackle got beat basically at every single play. That's right. That's right. So I have Herbert, uh, you know, at five and I've got Burrow at seven uh, behind Lamar Jackson, but we both obviously really respect his game uh, at my number four, where you have Burrow. I have Josh Allen. You already talked about him. Mm-hmm. I think Josh Allen, we have seen it at the end of games. I have seen him play brilliantly. I do think he's sometimes a little overrated, but you could probably make that case for my number three quarterback who's different from your number three quarterback. So who do you got? It's Tom Brady. I, I Tom Brady was unbelievable again last year. And for him to, to bring his team back against the Rams in the divisional round and give them a shot in that game, 
It was awesome. And it wasn't like he had a perfect situation last year. They had injuries on the offensive line. They had receivers in and out of the lineup, and yet he was still absolutely fantastic. I've got Patrick Mahomes at number two. He had a down year last year. Still incredible. Uh, that team is going to win 12 games every single year that he's healthy. At number one, Aaron Rodgers, um, back-to-back MVP, locked to win double-digit games every season he's healthy. Uh, I think the top three, a little bit you can pick it on preference, but those are the top three guys. Pretty clear cut for me. You're making me sweaty and oily. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I was going to kind of save that for our audio listeners and like do it one by one, and you just ruined any That's drama. Right. Um, if you want to just tell everybody the end of you know Game of Thrones now that's watching it for the first time, you can do that too. Um, I just, I, but here, this is why I did that. I, I think there's just tiers, right? I think the previous tier that we talked about with Alan Burrow, Lamar, and Herbert is pretty clear cut. And then I think these guys are in their tier of their own. You sound like such a finance manager at a car dealership right now. Like, look, we can get you a package that's got the moonroof, sunroof seats, <laughs> and eight-way power seats on the passenger side. Now, that is this tier. And the financing is different. Okay, go ahead. Give me your top three. Come on down to Route 5 Honda. All right. Uh, You got a problem? We'll handle it. All right. Sorry. Uh, Okay. You can call me at any time in the morning. Sorry. I I could do these car commercials all day. Don't make me give you my email address in fleet sales. All right. So um, I've got Brady. I've got Mahomes. By the way, no offense to people in the car business. My dad worked in the car business. That's why I know it so well. It's all out of love. Uh, Number three, I've got Patrick Mahomes. I think Patrick Mahomes could actually be a little overrated sometimes, as wonderful of a quarterback as he is. Sometimes uh, announcers just gush a little bit too much for me, and I love uh, watching him play, and my dad was a Chiefs fan. I grew up rooting for the Chiefs. Um, That's just something I've noticed. I've got Brady number two because I'm trying to stick to we're trying to win a game right now. I trust Tom Brady at the end of games. Uh, Look at the Rams playoff game. Uh, that that deep ball was it to Mike Evans over Jalen Ramsey, one of the My best throws of the season. Yeah, unbelievable. And then of course I've got Aaron Rodgers number one as you do the league MVP. Uh, we'll see how he does this year without Devonte Adams. My I suspect he's still going to play great. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if there's really any debate that these would be the top three quarterbacks. I think the biggest debate is if you're two. Uh, low on Josh Allen, and if you're giving Joe Burrow a little too much respect after one great year, to me, that would be um, the biggest debates. Is there anybody on this list that you think you're the most wrong about or could be the most wrong about? Mm. I I think there's a chance that Matt Ryan is done, like a small chance, right? Because the Falcons are paying him a lot of money not to be on their team this year. Now I'm betting on that. He's going to be good and he's going to be an upgrade and his leadership with the Colts is going to be enough to get him to the playoffs. But we see this happen pretty quickly with quarterbacks, right? Once the arm starts to go, you can fall off the cliff pretty quickly. It happened to Drew Brees. It happened to Ben Roethlisberger. If Matt Ryan's arm is gone, he could go from 16 to out of the NFL by next year. I'm just going to throw a name out to you here. Uh, My 25th ranked quarterback, I believe you had him at 27, Mitch Trubisky. Mm -hmm. 
I, there's this weird part of me that could see him not only winning that job, but he's a little bit older and more mature now. Uh, he came out in what? Which was he the 17 draft? 2017 draft. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I could see him. I don't know why I feel the Steelers won the AFC North. I would not be shocked. I just wouldn't be. It just seems like such the Steelers thing to do. <laughs> and they're I, not going to finish wonder, last in that division. I, I know all the other teams are gotten better, and Pittsburgh has probably, I mean, definitely the worst quarterback on paper. Right? The other three yep. quarterbacks all ranked inside the top eleven for us. Yep. They're just not going to finish last. Some other team is going to going to be worse than them. It's just up. one of those kind of things. Um, of this entire group of quarterbacks, and we'll Marcus, I'll have you go over the the order again uh, before we bail. But who is the toughest to rank? Absolute toughest, probably Mac Jones for me at, at number twenty because. He was good as a rookie, and he got the Patriots to the playoffs, and he was the only quarterback that that threw more, more than 16 touchdowns last year, and they had a top-five offense. But I think the narrative around Mac Jones is, ah, he's a more of a game manager. It's, it's the Patriots system is why he's good. If he does it again this year and he leads Patriots back to the playoffs and they're averaging 28 points a game like they did in 2021 – I don't know how we can have them lower than 13, 14. It's just, it's too hard to repeat those numbers. I'm going to give you a group of about five quarterbacks that were really tough for me. Uh, Marcus Mariota. Mm -hmm. I think we both have them at 30. I have them at 30 and I know you had them right around. Well, there he goes. Thank you, Courtney. Uh, See him on the rundown. So uh, Marcus had him above Geno Smith, who he thinks is going to win the job in Seattle. And then Sam Darnold in Carolina, assuming Sam Darnold is going to be their quarterback. Um, Marcus Mariota hasn't played other than in packages. He was not bad in Tennessee. He had a penchant for getting uh, banged up. Uh, He's still got excellent mobility. Uh, I think he could be a good leader. And he's getting an opportunity to to kind of save his career as a starting quarterback in the league. Mm-hmm. Very, very difficult uh, to rank. We already mentioned Trevor Lawrence. I think that's a tough one, given his potential, um, all the promise uh, coming out uh, to a very, very difficult. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, He's played well at times. He's been very, very average at times. He got off to a very slow start, not an awful start, just slow. Uh, to his NFL career. Uh, that one, very, very difficult. Um, I've said this already, but I think Kirk Cousins, everyone has a different opinion of Kirk Cousins. And somewhere in their paragraph, when they talk about him, they're like, I don't really know what to make of this guy. Yep. <laughs> is, he a, yep. is he a good quarterback? Is he a great quarterback? Is he totally overrated? Is he totally underrated? And then we already talked about Deshaun Watson's uh, situation being that he hasn't played. Those guys, to me, were really, really tough. But I would say probably for me, Tua was the toughest. I didn't really know where to put him uh, on this list. Yeah, neither did I. And we'll see this year because he's got a much better surrounding cast and supporting cast, much better offensive line. Obviously, Tyreek Hill. I think we're going to know one way or the other. I, I almost feels super unlikely that he finishes in the 20s again, right? He's either going to be inside the like top 15 or he's going to be outside of the top 32 altogether by the time that we do this next year, right? Uh, so that'll be a lot of fun. But let's uh, let's recap our our rankings, 32 to 1, uh, just for the people that, that might have missed it. So Geno Smith at 32, Sam Darnold at 31, Marcus Mariota at 30, 
Daniel Jones at 29. Carson Hater. Wentz. <laughs> Carson Wentz at 28. I do agree with you a little bit on Mitchell Trubisky. I might be too low on him at 27. Tua at 26. And then it's all the young quarterbacks. Davis Mills at 25. Zach Wilson at 24. Jared Goff at 23. Jalen Hurts at 22. Trey Lance at 21. Mac Jones at 20. Justin Fields, 19. Trevor Lawrence at 18. Jameis Winston at 17. And then we get inside the top half of the league. Matt Ryan at 16. Ryan Tannehill at 15. We talked about at the beginning of the show, where's the cutoff for paying an elite quarterback or paying quarterbacks top dollar? I think it's right here at Kirk Cousins at 14. I'd be comfortable giving everybody above him top dollar, and that includes Derek Carr at 13, Kyler Murray at 12, Deshaun Watson at 11, Russell Wilson at 10, Dak Prescott at 9, Matt Stafford at 8, Lamar Jackson at 7, Josh Allen and Justin Herbert at 6 and 5, respectively, Joe Burrow at 4, Tom Brady at three, Patrick Mahomes at two, and then Aaron Rodgers at number one. More likely, because one guy we really didn't spend any time on was Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, And I just thought of it as we were going through your rundown here. More likely, Carson Wentz or Jimmy Garoppolo uh, rehabilitates their image uh, as a a player. I'll go with Carson Wentz. Um, Yeah. I think he could establish himself as a league average starting quarterback. If Jimmy Garoppolo really couldn't do it in San Francisco when the situation was perfect, and now he's going to be changing teams and he's coming off shoulder surgery, I just don't see it happening anywhere else. Yeah, earlier, I don't know if when we were going over your list, I may have said Jimmy G and you were talking about Trey Lance. So if I did that, apologize to everybody. Um, but um, I, uh, at least I didn't say uh, Jacoby Eason. So I have that going for me. I had him at 33, so don't worry. Yeah, you know, I haven't said a guy's name wrong in a long time. Is this a good time to say Greg Kittle? Um, sure, sure. What was one of my other ones? I can't remember. Uh, I don't know. I, uh, I think I did Greg Kittle more than all of them. Yeah, on. I think so. Yeah. So, and then then I said, I made an excuse for myself and said he was a DH for the White Sox. And then somebody told me, no, that was Ron Kittle. And I, I couldn't even get that right. So uh, I think you did a really good job on this list. I, I like it a lot. It remains to be seen, especially we've got these young quarterbacks ranked really high in Burrow and Herbert at four and five. Um, we'll see if they can earn that spot by putting it on the board uh, once more. Um, I keep staring at Lamar Jackson and just wondering if he's just going to just not surprise everybody, but just destroy the league this year and be MVP again. I, I wouldn't be shocked. I really wouldn't if that team can stay healthier because they've had a real problem staying healthy, man. Um, I know. I know. But with that, I always give you the last word. What do you have? There's a real chance this is the deepest quarterback that we've ever seen in the NFL, one through 32. And if two of the young quarterbacks between Lawrence or Fields and Mac Jones or Lance take a step up. We could have like 15 to 16 quality, quality quarterbacks that could lead their teams to the Super Bowl. And usually we don't have that, right? In most seasons, it's like eight guys that you can really count on. If Matt Ryan looks better with the Colts and Ryan Tannehill can be, you know, get back to his 2019 form with the Titans, we might legitimately have 16 to 18 above average quarterbacks. And I know that's weird to say because 16 is average, right? But if we have 16 to 18 good starting quarterbacks, the league is going to be in great shape this season. 
No, I think it's a great point, especially as you get past the the, the top ten quarterbacks uh, on your list and on on my list that I wrote down here. <clears throat> you still have really quality quarterbacks at that early turn, you know. And so, uh, um, I don't know what the best year in NFL history of quarterbacks. That's actually would be a really good podcast for another day on a free flowing. Uh, speaking of, uh, for this week, we're going to do a free flowing podcast and going to talk a little bit about Memorial Day and some players that. Uh, serve that you may not know about. It's a pretty interesting story. So if you like NFL history, uh, you're going to like that. Um, as always, Marcus has his daily podcast, uh, Locked on Cowboys, where at this time of year, they're probably talking about uh, who's going to be the long snapper. We talked about part returner options today for the Cowboys. We did, we did mention not. we mentioned some kick returner history for the Cowboys because the Cowboys have toyed with the idea of using Micah Parsons as a kick returner. Talked about another Cowboy linebacker that was a kick returner for them before. Uh, so check that out. Um, well, I think I know who you're referring to. Uh, anyway, Marcus does a great job with Landon McCool over there. Check that out. Marcus also covers the Raiders for uh, USA Today. He is at Marcus underscore Mosher on Twitter. I'm at Harrison NFL on Twitter. We thank Courtney, Eric, and Herbert, and all the good people over at Brinks. And we will see you guys later. Hope you all had a wonderful holiday. See you later. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.